Welcome to Extra Points with your host, Cousin Sal, and his pals, Dave Damashek and Charlotte Wilder. All right, welcome to Extra Points, part of the Extra Points Podcast Network. It is Wednesday, back to school day here at the Icono House, and it's already, already craziness, screaming and yelling and not being able to log on to class, you know, just like, just like when everyone grew up. No one could log on to get in. Passwords, lots of good stuff. Cousin Sal here, along with my good pals, Dave Damashek and the very sarcastic Charlotte Wilder. What's going on, guys? I think it was snarky, actually. <laughs> oh, snarky. I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, snarky. Someone was nice enough to write an article on us. Uh, who was it? Uh, Barrett, Barrett Sports Media. Right, right, right. And... They said, among other things, uh, what they say? Hold on. I'm going to read it. I don't want to screw this up here. Rising they, star check. Yes. Very nice. Yes. Smart. I don't know. They were, they were very, very nice to me to the point where I was like, Sal, how much you pay them? <laughs> we don't have money to pay. No, but, uh, but Sal and Damashek's smartest move to date was probably, I like probably, probably adding Wilder to extra points. If their idea of another voice was one that's snarky, hilarious, and knowledgeable, they found the right fit. Wilder star is rapidly rising, agreed in sports media, and her presence on the podcast will only continue that upward trend. Very, very nice. But then we spent, uh, as we we often miss the point of these things, and then spent a long time, much longer than we needed to, debating whether snarky was the correct word. Dave, you don't think it's you don't think it's favorable. I, I think in the 21st century, people have accepted that snarky is like, ah, clever, but it, I, it's not the same thing. It's a there's a mean spiritedness to it that I have yet to experience with Charlotte, although who knows, maybe over the next 45 minutes, I'll say something to allow the snark to emerge there. Please <laughs> snark away at me, Wilder. You know, we're, yeah, we're... That's, that's very funny. I think that people I think my detractors would probably say I'm not snarky enough. Honestly. Oh, interesting. Yeah. But okay. so I was kind of I, I kind of took it as a badge of honor. I was sort of like, OK, maybe I'm not like being too nice or earnest. Yeah. Maybe this is good. Hey, I like I like snark away at me Wilder for the T-shirts. And now we have like four <laughs> or five T-shirts. We need to get I said to Dave on Twitter, I was like, welcome to my show Snark Tank, where we decide if something's <laughs> like sarcastic enough. What what's better, snarky, sardonic, or sarcastic? Like I feel like they're all kind of negative. I know, I know this guy was trying to put a positive spin on it, and he did everything else was so favorable. So, but David Letterman invented a sense of humor being sarcastic. But beyond that, I think the word sarcastic is used in a negative vein and and sardonic and snarky even more so, right? I like I, I just give it the blanket statement. Um, I excuse myself as uh, just uh, I'm a wiseacre. I'm cracking wise. Don't take any. Ooh. That's all. Then we can avoid all this mess with uh, the thesaurus. I have a okay. question for you guys living in L.A. I've often found that I mean, you're both you're both East Coast at heart. I am mm -hmm. East Coast physically and emotionally. Mm -hmm. Every time I go out to L.A., I find that like my sarcasm even with you know a, at someone at a coffee shop or like ordering is just like so misses the mark like i think everyone in la who grows up there is happy and things are nice and the weather's fine and then from the east coast you're like wow i need something to get me through the worst six months ever that happens every year so i'm gonna be really <laughs> darkly funny about it yeah yeah you definitely pick up an edge and it's hard to lose when you're on the i'm with you yeah 
This is a, a silly place we live in out here, Dave. Well, L.A. or Boston or Pittsburgh, PA or Long Island or otherwise, prayers up right now, you know, for for all the kids back to school. To me, oh, yeah. perennially the worst day on the calendar. Yeah, now the man the man really gets us once you transition from school age into adulthood, mm-hmm. um, because then he says, guess what? Summers. Now you work for those, too. But still, I'll never forget the visceral angst of uh, of of like as uh, as the calendar turned to July to August, mm-hmm. like uh oh, one more month of summer, and then then Labor Day comes, and the man's like, "Hey, here, I'm going to give you a holiday. Hey, go celebrate." But what are we really celebrating? Work. He expects us to to ignore the fact that on the at the end of that 24 hours, on the other side awaits the return to school. Blech. Mm. And now the man has moved up for the kids. Now you don't even get Labor Day. Now it's into August. You have to start school. I don't care for any of it. Who is this man that's been screaming at you, you know. since you were seven years? I, I don't know. Him. Do we want to Santa. Santa shows up Santa? just for Dave in, in August. He's like, here's some coal. And Dave's like, what? I, that's what I get for being Jewish. Take that, says Santa. Yeah. That's also a good T-shirt. That's what I get for being Jewish. Yeah, I know. We just did the same thing with uh, my seven-year-old who had to fight through a half smile because we have to take a picture in front of the door and him with his knapsack and... Uh, my wife's like, smile. I was like, he's wearing a big orange mask. He doesn't need to smile. And it's not a happy Aww. occasion. So, uh, yeah, it's uh, it's something. But, but, but uh, sports continues. That's all we should care about right now, right? Um, one of the few things. NBA, let's go over the Wednesday night odds real quick. Lakers minus 12 and a half in a closeout game against the Portland Trailblazers over under 227. Boy, these Lakers and Clippers look to be back on track. The last two games, they outscored their opponents. Um, 289 to 226. Paul George made us all pay for the terrible things we said about him. 35 points, 12 for 18, four threes. Are we back on track, guys? This is uh, are we just spinning our wheels to see Lakers, Clippers in the West, and maybe they let Toronto and Boston play. Maybe that's just the only series we watch for the next two weeks, and then they play Milwaukee, the winner, because I, I think those are the five teams involved. I want to say uh, something counter confession. Um, oh. I when I took Mavs in six, I was kind of trying <laughs> something out. I wanted to see what it felt like to be one of those sports media people who says something that's mm-hmm. so outrageous, but they say it was so much conviction that you're like, wow, they must believe it. And I was just seeing how it felt and. It felt stupid and I was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> You'll and do it again. <laughs> I Oh, I 100% will. But I was like, what is it? You know, like, what's it feel like? You know, it's a pandemic. It's 2020. There are no rules. I'm going to try this out. And you feel like a real big idiot. And, you know, Paul George <laughs> probably heard me because he was like, oh, I'm sorry. You don't think I'm clutch? And then scored like a bajillion points in two minutes. So, yeah. you know, I, I, I deserved any derision that I get for that. He's really pissed. Well, everyone fell in love with Luca Mania, and why not? It's 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 about. It's really weird when you play the trends. Like as a gambler, Luca's over under was thirty two and a half points. I'm like, God, here's a guy who averages twenty eight. He's obviously he's uh, everyone remembers the three with the bad ankle and everything. It was thirty and a half. It went up to thirty two and a half. I went under. I went under with Dame Lillard. Now I've lost a ton of money going against the hot players in the past, but it just seemed like. 
the cream was going to rise to the top there, Dave. And you think we're there or we have any more surprises out of teams like Dallas and Portland? Yeah, I think we deserve a pat on the back uh, uh, for ourselves, Sal. And I'm not talking about uh, snarky Wilder over there playing four-dimensional <laughs> chess with her own brain. I don't like tricking herself. I don't know what happened there. But yes, we said eventually the NBA is a progressive sport. And I don't mean politically or otherwise. I mean that you must, there are steps that, with very few exceptions, you see NBA teams take. One season, you get into the playoffs. The next, you win a round finally. Then maybe now you're finally seasoned and ready to make a real run in the playoffs. This is what the Lakers have been. This is why the Lakers are going to the finals. The Clippers, um, you know, pedigree is winning out here finally. And uh, another, sorry for the trope here, but one that happens to kind of be true is the defense. I don't know if it wins championships, but if you don't play any defense, you're not going to be in it for the long haul as the Mavericks as fun and talented as they are have uh, have now shown the world once again but this is all stuff that we've been talking about for the last couple of weeks yeah well yeah it's weird because you uh, you look at it that way yes you don't play defense you're not you're not going to be probably there for the finals or conference semifinals but from a better standpoint if you look at the data when teams are hitting 23s a game and some of these teams are attempting 60 so 20 is not an outrageous number they're going to fall within that five or six point spread. But what we've seen the last couple of nights is Lakers jumping up to a ridiculous lead. Same with the Clippers to, to a point where they're sitting their bigs with three minutes left in the third quarter. But Charlotte, Boston, Toronto, we finally have a line on that because we know Lowry's uh, availability. You guys are a slight underdog. You feeling confident? Yeah, I do. I love coming in as a slight underdog. Uh, I have tried to be a slight underdog my entire life. <laughs> and, um, you know, I, I feel like sometimes you sound a little bit you can sound like Tom Brady being like, well, you know, Me? I was drafted it. No, oh. one oh. can oh. one, okay. can, you oh. know, like, oh, I was drafted in the sixth round. It's like, yeah, but you've done pretty well since then. And I feel like the Celtics are a little bit of that where it's like, you know, you have you have some right to say you're an underdog and you're scrappy, but also they've made it pretty far. They have won championships, you know, in the past not too long. This isn't an absurd drought. So I think it's one of those things where if you can use it to motivate yourself, definitely do it. But it mm -hmm. can't be the driving narrative, I think. I like that. I think we have to get you in the locker room somehow. That's a nice little pep talk Thanks. you just delivered, whether you meant to or not. I Pretty honestly, good. I would love to start not a motivational speaker circuit, but but sort of like a realistic speaker circuit where it's like, I'm going to tell you, <laughs> some of you are probably not that great, but you can be better right. than you currently are. <laughs> it really is the cause, uh, not the, the number one cause of where we are in society in 2020. But there is a little too. We grew up a little cavalier with the counsel to all kids. You can be whatever you want when you grow up. That's, in fact, not true for every mm -hmm. everybody does not get to be whatever they want when they grow up. And I think that a lot of us bought into that a little too literally. I'm looking forward to attending uh, Snarky Wilder's um, <laughs> symposium. Let's do that. Let's well, get that do, going already. I, I'm down <laughs> for it. I Something that I've been thinking about a lot, not just in terms of sports, but in terms of um, success, no matter who you are, I think that people need to be put in positions to succeed. No one's doing anyone any favors if you're putting them in over their heads. And I think what I like about the Celtics right now is I feel like each player has a pretty defined role. 
Um, I think Brad Stevens has done a good job of putting them in in situations where they know what to do and where they can rise to the challenge. And I feel like that is kind of the most crucial thing you can do at a time when nothing else is normal. They can't rely on what they did in the past or or where they played before or what the rhythm of their days are like. It's like you really need to know exactly what you're doing and when, because otherwise you're just sitting in like a conference room in Orlando. Yeah. I think you're right. And I think coaching, I, I'm, I'm not even sure if you're being sarcastic or not. That's no, what I'm, I can't even tell. But I'm, Barrett Sports. I'm not, I'm not being snarky. <laughs> you're not being snarky. Uh, is, can you give us a sign? Can you blink a couple times? If yeah, you I'll, are, be, I'll wink. Legit? I'll be like, what I really think. And then there you'll you be like, oh, okay, whoa, she's being serious. This is weird. <laughs> no, it's got right, to be like the yellow flag that shows up during a, or like a delayed yeah, penalty when you're watching an uh, NHL yeah. game. That's what, like, there's got to be something that flashes for, for the roots. I can just like toss it up and be like, oh, that's I'm being good. serious. Hey, that's Sal, a challenge bandana. Sal, yeah. Mike, uh, what I, I really think we're not paying full attention to the gathering storm here. Charlotte mm-hmm. is one of those uh, Boston sports fans. And I think that, you know, the Boston Bruins and uh, Tampa Bay Lightning are now coming up on game two here. And, you know, uh, whoever game wins three, I mean, game, game three, three. Sorry, yeah. are, are about to go. Whoever wins that series is going to win the Stanley Cup. Spoiler oh, alert. Wow. Those are the two All best right. teams left now. Um, did your guy, and, did your guy who told you about Sid Crosby's birthday tell you that? Uh, <laughs> he proved he proved to be unreliable. Now, um, but I do think, but you know, the Celtics, I'm standing by that they're gonna get there uh, to to the finals at least. Then if the Bruins win the Stanley Cup, and now everybody has already forgotten uh Tom Brady. I mean, subtle shots and beyond from Charlotte, not just Charlotte, though. A lot of uh, Boston sports fans are kind of like, eh, Tom Brady, am I right? And like getting excited about number one under center for, for their beloved Patriots there. Are we are we in store for maybe like twin titles at least here in the oh, next no. couple of months. And then the Patriots Say. still being the best team at worst in the AFC East. It's starting to track for me that the Patriots are going to win the, the East and vanquish the bills no. who, who were kissed into Oh, Brady's going to Tampa Bay, bet the Buffalo bills all the way for the division title. Now there's more and more going towards number one. I, I, anyway, so. I'm not, I, I don't like where this whole thing. I don't either. I, and, and also this is a, there's a point of view from, Patriots fans that we have not seen where, all right, we're just going to sit back and the, we're going to play the no one believed in us role. <laughs> and for God's sake, but now they are getting a little cocky. Did you see like Edelman today said that he and Cam were Batman and Superman? Like, I don't know. Is he Batman? He's more Robin, I think. Oh, yeah. Go ahead. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, no, definitely. Edelman's analogies can be a little bit like, uh, <laughs> you know, you you take everything with a grain of salt and, he, mm-hmm. if it's darts, he like often hits the wall, but he's close enough that you like know he was mm-hmm. going for the center. I don't know. I, I do want to say, um, yes, it will probably be deeply insufferable for you, for our listeners. However, the thing that people, this is a little inside baseball, but the thing that people who hate Boston sports don't really understand is just how much um, sports media content it drives. Um, so I think that as if there's any silver lining for us, at least it's like, okay, I'm thrilled with this. You guys won't mm-hmm. be. However, more people will listen to the podcast because, you know, Boston sucks so much in right. whether when, you know, like, I think that there is a little bit of a, you know, content factor here that maybe can be a little bit of a bomb. 
I get it. I wonder though, now I have to weigh, okay, it, for the good of the podcast and ultimately mine and everyone's success on this show here, is it worth it to see the Patriots win 12 versus eight games? I'm going to say no. I think I'd rather have this podcast fail. I, I'm, I'm, I'm messed <laughs> up like that. Yeah. No, no, no. So, they don't get to yeah. take that from us, Sal. The Patriots, uh, if they are good without Tom Brady, this is our victory. This is our chance to laugh. Is that true? That, yes. Okay. I, I, I want to make this very clear to you, Sal. Let's draw a line in the sand here and now. This is something I've been pushing for at least two years now. When Tom Brady leaves, if they go on to be successful, after all these Boston sports fans genuflecting to Tom Brady, yes, Bill Russell's great and Yaz was good and all that, but the greatest of all time in Boston sports history is Tom Brady. If they bent the knee to this guy, to worshiping this false god, and then Cam Newton Superman comes in and succeeds yeah. with the same receivers Tom Brady didn't succeed with a year ago, then they're all rubes, and they've all been duped. But what Charlotte and Julian Edelman are saying is, the best is yet to come! <laughs> <laughs> oh my god i think he broke his zoom we like, i think he did you yelled and then we stopped being able to hear you <laughs> you busted zoom Whoa. is that a first i finally oh. did it i like it i like it uh all right well we want to talk nfl anyway my god is the first game two weeks from tomorrow i'm looking here no is yes. kickoff oh my I god i think it is the thursday kickoff is two weeks from tomorrow and I, so we're way behind, I think, in preparation. I am for, uh, yeah, it's on the 10th. Dave, I talked to, you know, I co-commission. I'm a co-commissioner, basically, for our uh, West Coast League with Simmons and John Hamm. Charlotte's going to meet John Hamm. That's going to be a big moment. Oh, my God. Um, Bring him on the show. He's coming on. Well, that may be the only um, interaction we have with him, Dave, this year, because I talked to the other co-commissioner. I don't want to mention any names. I was like, hey. We got to send an email out. We have to have a draft. I don't know if it's a snake draft. I don't know if it's a, a in someone's backyard where we could all get together or something. I know it can't be indoors. That's going to be a mess. Um, and he's like, I don't know. I'm not feeling it this year. I don't know if we go forward. It's like it really got, uh, you know, really got confrontational towards the end of the year. I, I'm I'm down. I don't like, you know, I'm already depressed. You know, I was like, whoa. I was oh like, well, God. you got to come on. I was like, we have this whole trophy thing we have to discuss. Why don't you come on the podcast? And he's like, yeah, I would. But, you know, I had a, you know, it could be a lot of fun, but I had a side a text with Dave and it, it was, uh, he came after us. He was serious. So I don't know how much fun it's going to be. I was like, wow. <laughs> I, That's what he said. Is that true? Dave? Damage? I'm not kidding. Yeah. Like I have to now fight for Who the are you league talking here about? Are you not going to tell us? It's, it's, I mean, you don't know who it is. It's, it's Jamie and, and tall John. That, those are the guys who gave Dave the trophy. And then there was like a misunderstanding for a minute if if he he had actually received the trophy. And then he came up with this story that it was the trophy was smashed up when his car was totaled. But wow. be, beyond that, they're uh, they're not happy with you, Dave, and not even uh, willing to come on for a playful segment. Is that right? Wait, why am I the scoundrel of uh, in this issue here? I All I did was win for the second time in, th in three years. I didn't yeah. do anything. This, by the way, Charlotte, is mm. this league is populated by a lot of professionally, uh, you know, some, prof uh, some comedy writers and everything. And yet it is devoid of any pleasure. It is... Uh, <laughs> It is it is so cross at, yeah. at, at, at every step. Every turn is an accusation. That's uh, right. I, it really is. Uh, I have it, an idea. 
I have an idea. What if yeah. we do? What if as the self-proclaimed sports psychologist of the podcast, mm-hmm. what if I mediate a therapy session among the among Beautiful. this league and say, like, let's let's get our shit together, guys. I, like I love it. I mean, what we listen, what we have nothing to lose at this point. I, I do worry that you're going to inject some snark that we don't need. We no, have no, plenty no, of no, snark. No, 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 yeah. I will be so earnest and helpful. I want, okay. I want to repair these relationships. Okay. All right, good. Uh, let's do that. I'm setting right. this up for next week. Okay. Or, or, or we have one more show. All right, we'll figure it out. We're going to have those listen, guys on. I am a big advocate of mental health. Been in therapy since I was like 12. My friends, mm-hmm. I, I have had friends say that I could have been a good therapist. So I think this is a time to really take okay. that for a test drive. All right. I'm warning you, though. You have your work cut out for you with this this band. I'm and ready. I include my I include myself here. I'm just ready. to just to get the ball rolling for you, um, mm-hmm. Dr. Wilder. Mm-hmm. I am I'm legitimately we're here recording a show. This is a nice time and everything. And and for the last 48 seconds, all I've been thinking about is I, as soon as we're done, I'm texting Jamie to say, what the hell are you talking about? What, why, why am I? Why, you see what I mean? Why Just am save I re- it. Save it for the podcast and then we can really hash it out yeah. and I'll open well, and ask how all of your fathers ruined your lives. It'll be perfect. Right. Dave, you know, it's better to save it for the podcast. The one that's going to be destroyed anyway by the Patriots going 14 and two. So let's just. <laughs> Let's just take what we can with this thing. Right. Uh, but I know he's definitely text- texting yeah, him oh, anyway. For, he's already done it. He's sitting there um, like under the- <laughs> Now, I want to bring up, uh, we had an idea. We're, we're still, you know, NFL is on shaky ground, literally on shaky ground um, as to what, with these tests and everything and playing in a non-COVID zone and the fact that they're not going to be in a bubble. And we tried to find a bubble for the NFL. Bubble Rock Trail in Maine, right there. It was a... a Acadia National Park. Is that what it is, Charlotte? Is that what yeah, it is? Yeah. Right in uh, Bar Harbor. Um, that's where we sectioned off. We talked to a councilman. We talked to a local cafe owner. Uh, we didn't get too far. Basically, we're going to turn our back on the whole idea. And then by some stupid coincidence, heel producer Jim's cousin visited <laughs> um, Bar Harbor. And we're like, okay, we can make some headway here. Now, Jim, do you have any updates for us from what happened with your cousin? And uh, his visit to Bar Harbor. Yeah, he said big news. He got engaged. Mm. He got engaged. Well, what does that do for us in the NFL? Nothing at all. That's it? That's it. He got engaged. Okay. I don't see. Maybe I'm missing something, Charlotte, (laughs) Dave. Does that help us in any way? Uh, An engagement announcement (laughs) in Bar Harbor? You go to Bar Harbor to play football. You go to the Bubble Rock Trail. (laughs) Not to get get on one knee and get engaged. No offense to your cousin, but like that's a little selfish. It's the type of people I'm dealing with. I wow. mean, congrats, I guess. Or no. is it? Or if I can try to, you know, be glass half full about it, maybe he's trying to get into the spirit. The way to get engaged these days is to do it at a ball game. So maybe he's getting engaged at the, <laughs> at the spot where there will be football soon. Like they'll it's build a, the stadium around him. Right. Yeah. All right. Well, he's yeah. really, really yeah. jumping the gun here. But <laughs> the fact that he just, uh, he just. Did he, he propose at the bubble rock or what happened? He didn't say anything else. I said, did you take a picture with the sign? He said, no. Oh, my like, God. Oh, uh, that's He's like we were. He, I guess he was busy. I guess his mind was. Uh, well, I have no doubt now that he's related to you. That's one thing that we could. Uh... <laughs> Can I tell you my uh, my theory of proposals at Please. sports games? 
I've written so many things about how they're stupid that I'm convinced that karma is going to come back and the way I'm going to get proposed to is going to be at a <laughs> Dolphins preseason game. <laughs> like it's gonna be, it's gonna be so, and and I'll have to, I'll just be like, I did this to myself. That's great. That is good. And now Dave and I are gonna make sure of it. Um, right. <laughs> when the opportunity presents itself, we're so. gonna get in your guy's ear, and we'll we'll threaten to pay for the wedding if he does this. Uh, <laughs> I like that idea. Uh, hard knocks last night. I don't know. I don't love it. I I, I want to like it. I want to. I want appointment television every week that I can like and get excited for the season. But as you saw, I, I tricked myself. I couldn't even believe the season starts two weeks from tomorrow. Um, the one thing with hard knocks I find is you always want somebody to stand out, someone you root for, whether it's the third street tight end for the Browns or like, all right, I'm going to draft him in fantasy and uh, you know, or, or something like that. I don't see that player. I know it's all over the place. We're seeing more about COVID than we are guys in pads on the field and not in pads anyway. Uh, they took a tour through SoFi Stadium. Place looks great. I don't know that any of us will ever be able to see it in the next five years. I don't want to be negative about it. Charlotte or Dave, anything good jump out at you? I mean, I found that episode kind of boring. Yeah. Like I was sort of scrolling through it being like, okay. I mean, obviously the Clay Johnson with uh, his dad being best friends with with Brett Favre and having Papa Favre hop on a Zoom call, I was like, "How many producers did it take to like yeah. set that one up?" That felt a little, that felt a little too stilted because Clay was super surprised, and I was like, "You're not surprised if someone you Zoom with regularly shows up." But um, it was still, right. it was still nice. I love Melvin Ingram. That's sort of my big takeaway. I came yeah. away from it thinking he was great. Um, Sean McVay is like the golden retriever of the NFL. And uh, other than that, I didn't really have any huge takeaways. I don't know. What did you think? Yeah. Dave? I thought that, I mean, yeah, kind of as Charlotte um, touches on there, it's a tale of two football cities and, and at least in, as far as personalities go. And the chargers got all of it. Apparently. I mean, <laughs> the, the, the NFL films producers who do as good a job as anybody in sports media, um, I mean, they really had to dig deep to got to find a, like there's nobody on the roster who's interested. Like we got to get a guy, this uh, defensive back who very likely we all know is not going to make the team, and he's the only guy on the in the whole organization. Sean McVay is fun adjacent, um, <laughs> but the starting quarterback is not, and it's also interesting. But the Chargers have all the personalities. Melvin Ingram is in fact a delight of a, of a human being. So too is Derwin James and, um, Keenan Allen's a funny guy. They, they have uh, a lot of Joey Bosa's, uh, like we've talked about a low key, funny guy. Um, it's also weird though, that you, we, we have been completely hidden away from Justin Herbert, or he's been hidden away from us. We have not heard boo from him in a couple of weeks. Now, this is the sixth overall pick. In the, right. in the draft, imagine if this were the Dolphins. Would we not? Would it not just be two a coverage constantly? It's very strange how this whole thing's been positioned with uh, with Justin Herbert and the lack of exposure that we've well, gotten from him. Yeah, and it is interesting. If you remember last year, the Raiders, okay, just from a fantasy and from a draft perspective, Josh Jacobs, right? That was going to be everyone, everyone high on everyone's running back draft board there. We didn't see him. We saw him once, and he had his hood on. Like, you couldn't even... 
Yeah, it was, it was like wearing a hoodie and like we didn't hear him speak like they I guess they could do a little better. They should treat it like a reality show, like Survivor, like, OK, send in a two minute tape and uh, let's hear what you got. Like, I almost feel like, all right, here's 100 guys. There's close to 200 guys and they should produce it and they should really vet it like it's a reality show and check into who has the personalities, because I think you're right. I think we're missing we're missing something. I know it's a weird year, but um, and the credits aren't it's, it's not exactly the Marvel credits that we're sticking around for there at the end. Right. You're expecting something big to happen and it just doesn't. My my feeling I, I'm with you, Dave. I feel like Justin Herbert is he's been pretty M.I.A. I mean, I think in the first episode they showed him a fair amount um, just to be like, hey, here's the new guy. Uh, I I've talked to him before and he's a really low key, nice guy but he's not very talkative I can see maybe he just didn't give them much I also feel like maybe there's something going on in the actual football situation where maybe the Chargers were like please don't give away whether it's Tyrod or Herbert or maybe they were like you know we want to give Tyrod a shot or maybe they were like we don't want to focus too much on him because then it becomes I mean, I, it, it feels like there's something like almost uh, like some deal was struck that maybe we don't know about. I don't know. Well, I, I hear you. It's interesting. Well, I, obviously, we keep talking about how does uh, 2020 impact the the traditional sports calendar? Um, I don't know if you guys have heard about that. People have talked about that a lot in the last <laughs> six months or so. Um, but, you know, really, are we supposed to? And in fact, uh, here's a name drop for you. Um, Rex Ryan. I talked to him last night. I was uh, with uh, with our pal Matt Money Smith on the Chargers um, post hard knocks. And Rex Ryan was on there. And I, I and I said, you know, obviously he's been through it with Mark Sanchez and uh, Tyrod Taylor was with it, was through it just two years ago in Cleveland with Baker Mayfield starting it. But are we supposed to temper any expectations for NFL rookies? All we hear about is how how tough it is to um, get a, a real command of the playbook and of the huddle and everything else. Is that too tall an order for a soft-spoken guy? It's, just, it, it's funny because Anthony Lynn made it very clear right out of the gate. Like, well, Justin Herbert's going to play this year. It's just mm-hmm. a matter of when. But I wonder if... He really, if it's too much for a rookie to expect any rookie to go in there and make a, a an impact. I wonder if that's something to circle as we look at, um, you know, odds on who's going to win the various divisions in the NFL and otherwise. If like, yeah, you think rookies are going to do anything outside of a running back? No, nothing's going to happen. Well, I was thinking that too in terms of, yeah, it's, it's, it's tough enough for a rookie to become acquainted with his, his or her, I'll say, wide receivers. Um <laughs> But uh, As doing a woman it over in Zoom, sports media. Yes, <laughs> please. I, I don't want to misspeak here. But uh, and then then to have to do it over Zoom for the first six weeks, and then to, it it really becomes more and more difficult. Now I will say the Dolphins play the Patriots week one. What would be greater? I may have brought this up on this podcast. And Flores saying, "Hey, here's Tua. He's banged up a little bit. He uh, he has not had the traditional time with his wide receivers to get acquainted. But guess what, Coach Belichick." This is what you're going to see twice a year for the next five years or however, however long you want to hang on. Deal with it. That would be a baller move, right? For sure. Yeah. I, I don't think, think it's going to happen. That would be that would be. So I just sort of I got excited as you said that I was like, oh, my yeah. God, this is. Oh, God. And I just <laughs> I really love sports and I miss being able to get excited for them without this sort of tempering of expectations. And, and that just felt really nice. Thank you for that. 
Yeah. Um, I, I think I would love that. I think Flores should do it. Just toss him out. See what happens. I thought yeah. uh, Snarky Wilder almost wept there, and that would have been sincere tears. Emotional. I love it. I do, <laughs> do. Believe me, I'm super. I really want this season so bad. NFL, <laughs> everything else. I, I, I love having anything to look at as a distraction. But really, the NFL, it, it hits me different, um, especially in in a year where it looks like I don't know what college football is going to be. We're all in on pro football. Um, by the way, as a as a loser who cares about these sorts of things. That would be because I have research. This isn't speculative on my part. If it's Cam Newton against Tua in week one, that will officially be the greatest number one versus number one uniform number matchup in the history of quarterbacks going head to head in the NFL. I've done the math. I did it all. I've researched it. Number ones, uh, number twos against each other, all the way up to number nineteen, and and there is a, a <laughs> there is a winner for each. But this would take over the number one slot for all of time. Charlotte just yawned <laughs> through half of that. Uh, I be, as soon as I did it, I knew Sal was going to be like, <laughs> I knew snark, that was going to be snark, <laughs> snark, snark. Uh, all right. Well, no, that's kind of, I mean, that's what it is. So hard knocks needs a little something. Um, I have have another question for you guys. Um, I, 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 with Rex Ryan, again, I had to think about, you know, the greatest moment maybe in hard knocks history, unless I'm forgetting something is now let's go have a goddamn snack. And then Mm -hmm. him, him walking out. No one ever asks the question, what was the goddamn snack that day? You know, what, what would be the ideal snack? Let's say you were toiling out on um, on gridirons in in uh, steamy August, wherever you are in football, America, mm-hmm. Charlotte Wilder. What's the mm-hmm. ideal treat as you leave the field? Well, I think uh, that depends. Is it as it, something that I was never clear about, about the, about the snack comment was, is he saying, let's leave the facility and go home and open the cupboard or like, let's grab a snack from somewhere in the building. And oh, then... it's in the building. It's in the, yeah, no, I I've always assumed like, yeah, they're not okay. going off okay. in separate directions. So then I have two answers. I think one would be um, like a bag of those mini Oreos or, or a, like one of those or like mini chips, ahoy, you know, something, one of those tiny bags of like miniature versions of something that's already not that great. Like that is what I envision Good. Rex Ryan going to get, or just like a bag of combos that someone left out on their desk from a seven 11. Like it is not, I don't think it's a good snack. I think it's a, I think it's a snack of service. And I also think it's a funny snack. Oh, we're guessing what, what his snack would be. Yeah. Or what, what ours would be. Oh, what oh did, did, I was oh, thinking, no. what did Rex Ryan go eat after he said, oh. let's have a snack? Well, and I, think I assume it's... it was, uh, right. I assume it was <laughs> a snack that all the Jets had, and there was only one choice. I, well, Sal, what do you, I mean, I, I have some thoughts on what I would want had I spent the day again, sweating, running into large human beings on purpose all day. Like well, what would be the ideal snack to satiate at the end of that? Day? Mine's boring and it's more of a Pavlov's dog conditioning thing with me but when i was in middle school and high school wrestling we have to make weight right so if you made weight if you weighed in and made weight in the morning you got three extra pounds for the afternoon right before the the dual meet now you had to count on the fact that the scales would collaborate and they'd be similar once i made weight i got three extra pounds and didn't make weight in the afternoon. And the coach was just furious with me because I had to wrestle. Anyway, it's all thing. Anyway, I would reward myself for making weight in the morning with a cherry Pop-Tart. 
And, uh, and that's back when I cared about my weight. Rex and I don't seem to care about our weight anymore, but I, I think I would go right to back to the cherry pop tart. I would tear off the edges, which are less, uh, fruity and, um, you know, kind of n- none of the glaze or, or colorful sprinkles, and then just get to the middle of it. That's me. All right. I mean, I think you're, uh, unfortunately for the two of you, both of you are wrong. Um, oh. the, the, I didn't the... say I, I read the question wrong. I answered the wrong test. I said what I think Rex Ryan had. All right. You have a chance to be right. Well, then, I, so. what's, I'm, what's, what, what I'm, let... I guess, you know what? I've switched it. When I say you're wrong, I don't know what the Jets had. Obviously, it wasn't a magic elixir because it didn't work and uh, everything fell apart soon after. So let's uh, the ideal treat. In August, if you've been out uh, doing physical stuff or otherwise, you get all the, the humidity and everything else. Number one, it's a creamsicle. A creamsicle, the orange exterior filled uh, filled inside, hidden away, the vanilla ice cream. That's your real treat, and that's your win. Number two, among frozen treats, I'm going to give it to the, the um, strawberry shortcake. It's mm. the popsicle with the little crumbles on the outside of it. Oh, right. yeah. I think uh, I think that's that. And then um, in the uh, in the show spot there, just because it's uh, it's always great are the uh, are the flavor ices. You know, those there was uh, those those were great. I think I, I'd like to have those and I could actually see them some uh, lackey handing those out to the large football guys as they leave the field. Like, oh, do you have a great one in there? Um, or do you have a you have a chair? The, the short end of the, the the short straw is always the green one, too. Right. Oh, nobody yeah. wants, nobody yeah. wants the green. I, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I, I didn't think ice cream. I'm so I don't, I, 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 you almost have to categorize it. You know, it's is I, I guess ice cream of course is a treat, but I did not think ice cream or cold um, ice pops at all on that. Charlotte, I hear would, snack and I hang and yeah. I think like my, the first thing I always think of is Cheez-Its. And then I sort of go from the Cheez-It family tree from there. And it takes me a while to get to popsicles. Yeah, Dave, you're wrong about this. Snack is not ice cream. I think Charlotte's right. It's what's in your pantry and stuff like that. That ice cream is not a snack. It's not a snack. If you are playing at training camp, you must have some nice, refreshing, crisp treats for your football guys. If you say treat, I think treat treat you have a better better case for with treat. Ice cream is not a snack. Too much bang for your buck. I'm not talking about February. I'm talking about in the heat of August. And he said snack, though. The quote was snack, wasn't it? Yeah, snack, snack feels different from you think an Italian ice isn't a snack? Of course it is. No, No, I think that's a treat. It's a treat. (laughs) Sorry. Sorry. (laughs) It's not a snack. Go go eat your Oreos. I mean (laughs) a, a chips ahoy. That's yeah. gonna say no way. Chips Ahoy. I didn't say I wanted it. I said I think that that's what Rex Ryan had—a mini bag of Chips Ahoy. Can you ask him? Well, all right, I'm gonna look up snack here, and uh, can I uh, ask him? <laughs> yeah, can you ask? Now, Rex? Well, now that we've established a, a deep and abiding friendship, I'm sure he'll be happy to, yeah. to follow up with me about this. I think right. he would. Dave, in what <laughs> way does this fit your description? A snack is a small amount of food eaten between meals. It's not a creamsicle. That's not a creamsicle. I mean, how does that not? How does that? A creamsicle is a small meal. Is a small amount of food eaten between meals. So technically, by that definition, well, it's food and it's not dinner. Yeah, it doesn't replace. Right. What does a pop? Does a popsicle? Has anyone ever mounted Uh, an argument that it replaces a, a regular meal? No, it's just something to do in the transition. 
I still mom, don't when, agree. when's dinner ready? Mom, when's dinner ready? I like 45 minutes. All right, I'm going to have a snack. You, you'd be you'd be looking cross-eyed at you if you had I'd much rather one of my kids if it's like we're hey well we're gonna eat dinner soon so you right. can't you can't have it well I mean you can have uh, one of those flavor ices that's okay because really? that that's not gonna fill you up but a but a, a thing a chips ahoy certainly is not a strawberry shortcake no, no, though no, that's a that's no. an after dinner treat treats, not a snack I do still think that sweet things are treats more than snacks and the thing that the thing that blurs the line is a muffin is a muffin mm-hmm. a snack or a treat that's a yeah, breakfast that's, true. that's a breakfast no because i you know what i started thing. doing i started having coffee around like 3 30 and i'll have a muffin with it and it's like that my days now the only things that <laughs> the things that bring me joy now i wake up and i have coffee time which i love and then at around like 3 30 or 4 i have um, like treat time, which is, I guess, you know, a muffin or like a banana bread. And then it goes to um, wine time. And then after wine time, there's cookie time. And this is wow. how I divide up my days. This is good. This is good. When this is, is strawberry, what I live for. One strawberry shortcake time. You wouldn't would dream be, of it until after dinner. That would be either a part of cookie time or if I'm feeling frisky, that would be treat time. Gotcha. Just for All the right. record, because I don't want to be called a fancy pants there. I'm not having uh No. Listen, I, I the strawberry <laughs> shortcake bar, the one with the stick in it. You know what I'm I talking about? I know what about. you're saying. Okay, okay. All right. I just want to make yeah. sure nobody thinks like just midday, like I go into in, in uh, to the staff at my manse here and be like, is the is the strawberry shortcake prepared to right. my liking? I just mean one of those frozen ones. <laughs> yeah, I gotcha. Okay. Yeah. All right, Jim, Jim, uh, because it's hard for me to figure out, have we spent enough time or too much time on snack versus treat? You let us know. Yeah, I'd say a little too much. <laughs> All right, Thanks, Jim. <laughs> we'll move on. I do want to talk about baseball for a second. <laughs> the World Series odds, they don't really change that much. The Dodgers are plus 325. The Yankees plus 425. Twins, A's, Cubs, 12 to 1. Rays, 16 to 1. My Mets, who pulled off, who were the uh, on, <laughs> on the negative end of a steal of home yesterday, that is just comical beyond but you you should watch it you have to see how someone stole home they didn't even mean to steal home on the Mets and they did by accident after stumbling down the base path for the last 40 feet and still made it successfully 45 to 1 oh boy your guys Dave's Pirates Charlotte's Red Sox 500 to 1 basically the same odds as Steelers Falcons and Colts Falcons which we talked about last uh, the the other day which we also laughed at being ridiculous uh, raised twins athletics, 20 and 11 best record in the AL. Maybe the odds don't reflect that. But what I want to talk about is Dave's pirates got no hit yesterday by Lucas Giolito. And Dave, when you see this, I know you've given up on your team for the year. You don't have high hopes, but does this, is this cool to you? Or is this the most embarrassing thing that could happen to a team? Does it bring further shame? Well, it definitely does, but it's so unsurprising. I'm so immune to any embarrassment uh, delivered by the Pittsburgh Pirates or to them. I'm fine with it. And I did notice that there were some people out there on social media um, going at you and me, Sal, like, oh, Sal, how can you talk trash on the Pirates Mm. with and Damashek's going to be vexed by that? Like, no, I'm not. I'm not. Yeah, I'm a fan. I'm not a sucker. I'm not going to support a team that isn't even trying to win itself. I'm not a, I'm not a moron. I'm, I'm not some dupe <laughs> who just goes along with whatever. I'm fine with it. Again, 
Pi the Pittsburgh Pirates have now officially done more harm to anybody who has chosen pirating as a career. I don't know how you like get uh, out, come down from that boat. Now I am the captain. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah, right. You are, you know, like, I mean, you can't take right. the, an actual pirate seriously <laughs> anymore. And I don't know. Yeah. It's also uh, who should be embarrassed legitimately are Red Sox fans. Cause you have no excuse. I yeah. guess we can just wrap ourselves collectively in the blanket that uh, the Pirates and Red Sox played in the first ever World Series 115 oh, wow. years ago or something like that. Well, I don't want to move on from this no-hitter thing just yet because it used to be, maybe it doesn't have as much impact anymore, but it used to be the most embarrassing thing that could happen to your sports team. I'm trying to think, like, doesn't compare to an NFL team getting shut out. I guess it's like an NFL team having no positive yards or so. I don't know what it would be. Uh, no shots in hockey. Like I'm trying to think what it would compare. If you bet a horse or you own a horse, it turned around and went the wrong way out of the gate. Like, I'm not sure what else you can compare it to in uh, a negative end. The, the, not to um, try to stick some nuance in here, but I, it's who's doing it to you. I would love to be in attendance uh, for a no hitter, even if it was against my team. Um, yeah. but also Lucas Giolito is not the guy I want to see doing it to my team. That's what makes it embarrassing. Oh, that's worse. He got I traded see. from the Nats and everything fine. And, and, and maybe he ends up being a good pitcher. I mean, would I like to mm -hmm. have seen Nolan Ryan no hit my team? Sure. That would be, a, that would be a marvelous thing to say. You saw a guy at the height of his powers, even if it was at the expense of your team. But when it's a, when it's a ham and egg doing it, that's when it becomes embarrassing. Charlotte yeah. before, I'm sorry, before. Uh, major league teams were judged on how many COVID tests they passed. And that, that, that was a sign of their uh, resiliency. No hitters were really a real thorn in the side of a fan. Um, how do you feel about it? I mean, I do think it depends who does. Like if Clayton Kershaw had a no hitter against the Red Sox, I would be, I think he's such a transcendent guy and I feel like he has, but my brain's turned to mush. So I don't really remember, mm. but um he's such a transcendent talent and that that sort of um doesn't fandom doesn't matter in that case if you're able to tell your kids like i saw clayton kershaw no hitter that's pretty cool um i do think that it is one of the most frustrating things as a fan i often find hockey the most frustrating sport to watch like when when a team doesn't score in a power play i i just want to like punch a wall but when a team doesn't even get a bat on a ball it's just like yeah how are we, how are we doing this? Like you literally one job. Um, yeah. So I don't know. Yeah. It's I disgusting. I mean, it's gross. And as, as a Met fan, I had to wait, the uh, Mets came in existence in 1962. I had to wait 50 years before they had their first no hitter, Johan Santana. Um, even if he was a bust of a free agent, he had a couple good years, but they gave him a lot of money. The fact that he notched the teams first and only no hitter, was a great feeling. I was mm -hmm. watching, and it, it was a little bit. But today, it would not have, it would not have counted because there was actually a double down the left field line by Beltran. I believe was right on the line, and they called it foul. But anyway, so when you're on the good end of a no hitter, there's nothing like it. I will say, and I think Dave, I think you guys are right. It depends on who does it to you, and I feel like it was a bigger deal when we were growing up because. There weren't even fewer no hitters back then, but I feel like if you threw a no no hitter back then, you could you could go to any bar and drink for free for life. You would be able to sign autographs at an autograph show. Oh, like that's a guy who threw a no hitter. And like I said, there weren't fewer. Like um, in 1990, there were seven. But here's who threw them: 
Mark Langston, Randy Johnson, Dave Stewart, Fernando Valenzuela, Terry Mulholland, and Dave Steeb. Pretty big names back then. There's a Hall of Famer in there. You know, I feel like now you've gotten Lucas Giolito. They don't even really cut into the games when it's happening. Why is it not such a big deal anymore? That's what it is, Sal. You, the last point you just made there. And I think, didn't Fernando, I remember being in a bar, as you mentioned there, when Fernando got the second end of the no-hitter on the same night, right? As Dave Stewart. Is that the way it went? I can't it remember. It might have been, yeah. I remember yeah, I the play. I remember it was a weird, wonky play over second base, literally, where the guy mm -hmm. completed the double play. Anyway, what's really crazy to think about now is, Pete Rose in, what was that, 1978-ish, 1980-ish, had the hit streak. He wasn't anywhere mm -hmm. close to Joe DiMaggio. But as he got up over into the high 30s in his hit streak, they would legitimately break into national, uh, oh, yeah. uh, onto ABC. I don't mean there was no such thing as ESPN. They would just break in on ABC like Pete Rose. It's his last at bat to try and extend the hit streak. Right. I literally remember he got the 44 and I remember watching that and, and the nation was captivated. He was 12 away from Joe DiMaggio. Nobody does yep. it. Just there are too many channels and everything else for there to be singular focus on, on one sporting event for the vast majority of yeah. events at this point, I guess. I guess, but there's there's only a few no hitters here. There's still going to be only like three or four this year. What are you going to say, Charlotte? I think it just, I think it's also the role that baseball plays now. Like, Baseball, yeah. I hate being kind of a like baseball is dying guy because I don't think baseball is dying, but I think it has become just exponentially more regional. And so I mm -hmm. think a lot of baseball fans, even if you're a huge fan of your team, like they would probably struggle to name two players on a team in another division that they don't have any reason to pay attention to. And so you know, you have guys who are maybe doing really great things, but if they don't have the re name recognition, which so many people don't in the sport anymore, it's hard to get people to care about it. And also, you know, with with not just different channels to choose from, but different ways you can watch things or stream things or mm -hmm. have, you know, very specific subscriptions to certain teams like there just isn't this blanket option for everyone to see the same thing or want to see the same thing yeah you know it's interesting i i don't know if you guys are the same way i belong i you know i subscribe to like 75 sports apps so when someone has a no hitter i think they start like in the sixth inning you'll get an alert and then oftentimes a few minutes later i'll be like nope no hitter's gone uh seventh inning one out single uh broke it up um <clears throat> i start paying attention if it's eighth inning if i know the team's batting i'll go to ninth inning I'll turn it on. Not even turning it on anymore. I, I feel it's a, it's a bummer. It should be a bigger deal. I, though, I, I know exactly what you're getting at with that. That's absolutely right. I also, the thing that still hits me somewhere in my core is if I were starting to get close to a no hitter or a perfect game, I, mm. I would definitely psych myself out. I would definitely not be able to do it. I would be like, I am dominating. My stuff is so good tonight. Uh, nobody can touch it. And then I, I would start to get precious with it, or I, I would I'd try to be too fine, and and that would be the end of any perfect game or no hitter yeah. for Damashek. Well, where do you guys where do you guys stand on um the the stupid you know the uh, superstition of nobody talk to me, nobody sitting there, the guy fans shouldn't talk about it, the announcers can't bring up the fact that the uh, opposing team has zero hits through six innings. I I am crazy about. I was like, look, I waited fifty years 
for the Mets to throw no hitter. And I've been playing this bullshit game of not mentioning it. It doesn't work. It doesn't matter. It, it's dumb. So we can move on I think on that, that I would right? be so good at, at psyching myself out or at screwing myself over that I wouldn't need any help from anyone else. So I'd be like, talk to me, do whatever you want. Like I've got the, I've got the self-destruction on lock. So if you want to mention it, go right ahead. <laughs> there you go. Yes. I am fine with the, with discussing the no hitter and all of that stuff. And you know, I, I don't want to make too big a deal about it, but maybe it's that these sorts of cute, little superstitions that have taken us to a place where flipping a bat is also unwritten. You don't unwritten code. Oh, yeah. You don't mention no hitters and you don't flip a bat. Like, all right, settle down with all your dumb rules. Baseball. This is why nobody cares anymore. And I think it's because there's way too much downtime. It's too boring for too long. And so they have to make up these unwritten rules. There's just too much. People have you know. to get mad about something. Yeah, that's it. It's basically why we're doing the show. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> All right. Well, we're done doing the show for today. That was pretty good. We got we got through a lot. <laughs> I had a great time. There was snark. There was sarcasm. There's strawberry shortcake. We'll get to the bottom of the snack. By the way, people weigh in on this stuff. We want to hear from you. Maybe we're not the experts. Is Charlotte snarky or is she sarcastic? <laughs> yeah, is, is tell the best, me. <laughs> is the best snack strawberry shortcake or are we? is it a Pop-Tart? Let's get in there. Or is it the mini um? Oreo cookies. Well, you said Chips Ahoy, right, Charlotte? Yeah, Could be well, I any just think that's things. what Rex Ryan ate. I just, yeah. I, I would put money on that. Gotcha. The uh, the extra points gang at gmail.com. The extra points gang at gmail.com. Reach out to us there. What do you have to plug, Dave? Um, I guess uh, following up on that, follow me at Damashek, D A M E S H E K, on Twitter so that I can uh, uh, continue perpetuating. my family. <laughs> That's right. No, well, I, I went well in uh, in fudge sickles and beyond. Um, I yeah, follow along because I think now I have to take to the Twitter to start to address this because about four months ago, I addressed this popsicle situation and I have adjusted my rankings. It is now okay. the creamsicle ahead of that. And uh, of course, minus three on its way with Jeff Schwartz coming nice. at you. ASAMP, the new logo, if you're looking at us right now, by chance, uh, that's uh, a chunk of the new logo for the yeah. new show coming your way. ASAMP. Congratulations to uh, Adam Carolla for being the face of the the minus three podcast. There, we we said we thought Charlotte's rise star was rising. Look at Adam right there. <laughs> Looks more like Tom um, Brady to me, but okay, <clears throat> something like that. All right, Charlotte, what about you? Uh, what do I have to plug? Ooh, I've a, I talked to um the people who run the NBA warehouse in the bubble, um and who set the whole nice. thing up and made it happen and get the packages in. And there's some funny stuff they told me, but it's also just really impressive. Uh, they nice. actually had to physically build courts in like cavernous convention centers. So uh, check that out on the Fox Sports app later today, I think, or maybe tomorrow. Nice. And uh, yeah, just weigh in. Let us know uh, if any psychiatrists want to like give me a <laughs> picture of their degree so I can Photoshop it with my name on it. That would be helpful. And uh, otherwise, follow me at The Wilder Things. I like that. Yeah, I think I think we're gonna have to bring Charlotte in to media. Uh, I could da look at Dave is seething. He's definitely not gonna abide by our uh, agreement here to wait till Friday or next week. You have to sh shoot off a text. Can I be on that text chain at least? So I can. We, can can I be on back? it? Just just put me on it. Yeah, put Charlotte on there too. <laughs> I I mean. You joke, but I am as soon as we are <laughs> done, joking. we'll be no, we're serious. <laughs> See, this is why we can't maybe maybe we can't have nice things. I think they're right. <laughs> we have to we have to put a hiatus on the season. All right, I'm at the cousin Sal. 
Check us out. Extra points uh, against all odds is on this network. We have laugh lines this week with Jerry Ferreira. That's going to be fun. Check it all out on extrapoints.com. And until Friday for Dave Damashek and the snarky Charlotte Wildor, <laughs> I'm Sal reminding you that even though you may feel like an underdog, please know that you're all my favorites. 